Welcome to the Servants of Grace podcast hosted by Dave Jenkins. Our podcast exists to provide trustworthy expository messages through the Bible and faithful answers to your theology questions. Now for today's episode, let's join our host, Dave Jenkins. Welcome back to the Servants of Grace podcast and to our theology segment. Today, uh, one of our listeners has a great question. It's It's a controversial one. And the question is this. How often should the Lord's Supper slash communion be observed? Well, great question. After predicting the betrayal of, of Judas, Jesus and the disciples proceeded with the Passover meal, which is known as the Lord's Supper. The particular occasion under consideration is a special moment for only special friends who would eat together in the first century Jewish culture. At this time, the enemies of God are conspiring against the Lord, which casts a shadow over delightful occasion. Even so, the resurrection will reveal the events to come as an integral to the joyous final redemption these events produce. The background of the Passover is critical to understand its meaning. On the first feast day, Israel celebrated as a covenant community, a reminder of the deliverance from Egypt in Exodus 12 tells us. As the Passover established the boundaries of of Israel as a people, the Lord's Supper establishes the Christian community. Christ invests the Passover elements with new meaning in the Lord's Supper, depicting his authority. The Lord God originally had the people of God eat unleavened bread because they left Egypt in haste. And now Jesus gives bread to his disciples and says, This is my body. By interpreting the Passover meal, Jesus demonstrates the power of God to direct his people in the remembrance of the salvation he has won in his finished and sufficient work. Jesus directs his disciples to drink of the fruit of the vine, which is a reference not to grape juice, but to wine. The Lord likens wine to the blood that he will pour out for many. To the Jews, such imagery fruit of the vine would recall the bloody slaughter of the Passover lamb. And by using this imagery, Jesus is anticipating his violent death by the by crucifixion to save the people of God. While the Lord's Supper is a sign of the presence of Christ among the people of God, and their unity in him. Paul spoke to the Corinthians about the factions among them, but but called particular attention to their abuse of the Lord's Supper in 1 Corinthians uh, chapters 10 and 11. In the Lord's Supper, Jesus is giving himself to his redeemed people. In the physical realm, the Lord Jesus is located at the right hand of the Father in heaven. There is no transformation of the bread and wine into the physical uh, the body of Christ today. The church has taught since the Council of Chalcedon in 431 AD that the humanity of Christ is not mingled with the deity of Christ, and so that it cannot be spread over space. In the Lord's Supper, the Holy Spirit communicates Jesus to his people and makes the people of God present to his person in heaven. So the unity of the church is a unity in Christ alone. And the Lord's Supper seals this unity among the people of God in that when they feed on Christ, they are partakers of his same body. And the Corinthians ate the Lord's Supper in various groups aligned with their factions. And such behavior is offensive to God, and it showed that the Corinthians neither understood nor appreciated the death of Jesus nor the gift of the Lord's Supper. The the Lord's Supper always acts upon the people of God when they participate in it, for it is received by faith in his name. The people of God derive benefit and nourishment from it by feeding on the bread and the wine of the Lord Jesus. And when Christians harbor sin and they abuse and they take the Lord's Supper, uh, they receive judgment from the Lord. The Corinthians were experiencing sickness and premature deaths because as a church, uh, they were offending God at the Lord's Supper. You see, the New Testament does not give a conclusive 
answer to how often the Lord's Supper should be held for the church as at liberty, meaning that it is a preference issue. Even so, the early church in Acts 2, 48 they took the supper frequently. It's to be a constant feature of a healthy local New Testament church. In Acts 20, verse 7, the church at Troas met weekly to break bread. At Corinth, the regular purpose of church gathering was to preserve the Lord's Supper, according to 1 Corinthians eleven eighteen. The Lord's Supper is a meal Jesus invites his people to partake of on the Lord's Day. In fact, in particular, this is important because either before or after the Lord's Supper, the people of God hear the word preached. The word of God is to be central in the life of the church, and so the Lord's Supper is to be pivotal in the life of a healthy church. Christ invites his people to worship and dine with him, and so they should not neglect the Lord's Supper. They should participate in it each week. The Lord's table anchors the service and shapes it by focusing on the cross of Christ and his return as the hope and joy of Christians. Non-Christians also see in the Lord's Supper the work of Christ portrayed before them and are reminded that these benefits are made available only to those who believe in Christ alone. Robert Lethem, in his great systematic theology, says this, The degree to which the church desires communion is a reliable gauge of how eagerly it wants Christ. The key word is often. The question is, how far do we desire communion with Christ? As Robert Bruce says, if Christ is not both eaten and digested, he can do us no good. But this digestion cannot exist where there is not a greedy appetite to receive him. So the Lord's Supper is a reminder to the people of God to taste and see that the Lord is good, Psalm 34, 8 says. And far from making the Lord's Supper a mere routine activity, I want to argue that weekly Lord's Supper is an enriching experience to look forward to with expectation and eagerly anticipate uh, the resurrection day. At the Lord's Supper, we should reflect on the past, the present, and the future, and remember what Christ in his death and thanking him for his complete salvation, John Frame says. As Christians, we should examine ourselves in light of the Lord to consider whether we're trusting in Christ or if we're not, uh, and what that ultimately means. Christians are to repent of their sin and to seek reconciliation with others whenever possible. As we engage in self-examination, which is not navel-gazing, Christians cast themselves on Christ and are welcomed to the Lord's Supper. The Lord's Supper serves as a means of grace for the Christians to strengthen them in Christ. Self-examination is not a barrier to communion, but a preparation for it. Self-examination provides a time to renew our focus and hatred of and with dependence on to take on the Jesus to take the bread and cup with joy and hope in the Lord Jesus. Thank you for listening to the Servants of Grace podcast today. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe, leave a rating on the app, and share our episode with your friends and family. If you'd like to, you can follow us on Instagram at Servants of Grace, on Twitter at Servants of Grace, or by searching Servants of Grace on Facebook. You can also find this podcast on the front page of our website at servantsofgrace.org.